Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Through archival footage and interviews with Israeli military judges, prosecutors, and legal advisors, the law in these parts unravels an intricate system of military control that symbolizes one of the most enduring and damaging conflicts of our time. From establishing the settlements in occupied areas to dealing with torture and interrogation to rationalizing parallel legal systems for Palestinians and Israelis, the law in these parts explores some of Israel's basic moral quandaries. Can a nation that occupies another people act with genuine adherence to the principles of the rule of law? And what are the implications of the very effort of documenting such a system? We're joined today by documentary filmmaker Ra'anan Alexandrovitz, the director of the documentary The Law in These Parts. Ra'anan, welcome to Film School. Thank you for inviting me. You're so welcome. Thank you. Tell me uh, a bit about, now, um, your background. Are you an Israeli-born or what are you tell me a little bit about your own personal background in that well yes i'm 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 israeli born i was born and raised in jerusalem mm-hmm. um the city where i i'm i'm back here today i live here okay. um it's uh it's much it's one i mean it's maybe the spot that where we get this place in the essence i mean all um Good things about it, and also the very negative, intense things about it, all are very concentrated here. Um, I'm I'm um, 43 years old, uh, so the film covers most of the um, time that I've been alive. Right. I, I was born two years before, uh, two years after the occupation. Right. And um, I guess I I'm dealing with the subject because of certain things in my biography. I don't want to get too deep into that, but. Right, uh, right. Um, different uh, things that happened to me both as a child, then as a young Israeli, as a soldier, then as a filmmaker, things that led somehow led me to start this film. Right. You're also uh, a film, obviously a filmmaker. You've made a, uh, other documentaries, and one called uh, Inner Tour, uh, in which you... And tell, tell me just a little bit, because I don't want to dwell on that for... I don't want to spend too much time, but basically tell me a little bit about the documentary Inner Tour. Yeah, it's interesting that you ask about the inner tour because for each of the few films I've made, um, there is um, I remember somehow the moment of its conception. And actually, the law in these parts started as a result of the inner tour, yeah. um, not a direct result. But inner tour was the film that I had um, released in 2000, was shot actually in 2000 and released in 2001. Um, so it was shot right before the period which we know as the Second Intifada, the basically the heightened violence that we that is for the more more than the last decade that ended the the period that was called like the peace process period, the Oslo period. Mm-hmm. And we shot the inner tour. Uh, it's a very different film from the Lundy's parts, but it was based on these tours that were going on in the end of the 90s, where Palestinians um, could get permission to come into Israel as tourists right. um, on these organized tours. Okay. And 
we use this 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 tour as a metaphor for whole situation and for like looking at ourselves in the eyes of Palestinians and also having a kind of a uh, a, a way to look for Israeli audiences especially but also international audience uh, to see Palestinian society not in the norm not through the normal images and normal situations which we're used to viewing them mm. so because that film was was shot on an organized tour there were families in it there were and therefore there were children on it and when these kids after four or five six years became young adults they began to be arrested uh, usually for stone throwing at Israeli soldiers and I had started joining these trials and that's how I actually started thinking about the military um, justice system and the whole military law that's uh, in the occupation and and some so that's how one film in a way led to the other I had a sense of looking at your biography that given that the subject matter that this might have been a part of the uh, of your thought process in this and um, now um, let's let's look uh, uh, let's start at the sort of the beginning uh, the the film the law in these parts is an examination of this legal and is it correct or fair to say a parallel legal system that applies to the to the occupied territories uh, it's not an Israeli legal system it's a it's a system that was de- that was that evolved for the occupied territories is that a correct summation yeah i mean there's uh, there's no correct way of talking about this incorrect thing but okay. um basically it is a legal system that is implemented and 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 uh, i mean it was created and it's implemented and developed by the military because even if the occupation of the West Bank ha- has lasted already for nearly 46 years, and we have half a million citizens, Israeli citizens, living in the West Bank by now, and a lot of infrastructure and that, that we as a state have in the West Bank, the occupation is still somehow considered temporary. And because it's, it's a temporary military occupation, the uh, Israeli law doesn't apply in those areas, which is very strange, and, and maybe <clears throat> somehow not, not totally against what you, the intuition would be, because we're actually there. So we have this other legal, legal system that the military operates, but is actually under supervision of our High Court of Justice. So it sounds complicated, and basically, and it is complicated. But basically, it started with some, something very simple that. The military corps, the, the, the military justice corps, the, the military advocacy in 1967 had prepared itself for a war by preparing what would happen if we occupied territories. If we occupied territories adhering to international law, we would have to, we would be responsible for, for order and for security there. And therefore we prepare some kind of, of, um, legal system that we will implement if this happens. Some people say that this is, I mean, there was already some intent behind that. I didn't find in the research any intent to, to, to occupy territories for a long time, but the fact is that all this was prepared, and then it, it was um, implemented, and then when the occupation became more, longer and longer, decade after decade, this temporary thing had to give solutions to, to not temporary problems and therefore it became I mean there, there's no other system in the world 
I mean, even the U.S. I mean, the U.S. or the, the coalition they implement a military legal system in every territory that occupies in in Iraq and Afghanistan. But when these occupations begin to last long, and when um, nations have interests in the occupied territory, let alone moving their own citizens in there, things become much, much more complicated and less coherent. It's just so um, fascinating from someone who's an American citizen looking to Israel and the West Bank and Gaza and all the, and all of the issues that have, have come to light over the last 45, 46 years now. It's been. By the way, I want to also remind our listeners that this goes back to this what we were referred to as the Six Day War, uh, uh, back in June of 1967, um, and this area was essentially militarily um, um, occupied by the by the state of Israel, and that's how this all came about. But from my point of view, from over here, we don't get the context of how things evolve have evolved over this period of time that it to us it's just sort of a a lot of political and uh violent noise that's going on and it just happens it just sort of happens on in and of itself with very little context the beauty uh, uh and the value of the, uh, this documentary the law in these parts is to give us a, a context an historic context as well as a practical context and you can you start to see all of the different permutations that come from understanding something as basic as a legal system, a, 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 the rule of law in this part of, of the world. And I want to also let our listeners know that in making this documentary, you have assembled many of the people who were responsible for the implementation, going back to the very beginning of this uh, parallel legal system. Tell me a little bit, Radon uh, Alexandrovitz, how the you were able to get these people to come together to to agree to an interview with you. How did all of that come to come to pass? Um, sure. And for, I, and I, let me. I'll speak, I'd like to speak about it, but I, I'm the thing. What you said before um, makes me think of something that I want. That I, I'd like to say. Um, right after you said it. I mean, yes. I, it's true that one of the things that this film does, it addresses, the, for, I mean, now, releasing it in the States, because it, in Israel it's been out already mm-hmm. over a year. Um, one of the things it does, it does, you know, let the, um, the American audience sort of get into the details of, I mean, look at the history of the occupation in another way, yeah. in a way that makes you understand it in a new way, perhaps. But um, one of the things that's, that that has been so strong about the screenings in the U.S. till now, since Sundance and then our uh, New York release and a few other occasions, is that actually there are very strong parallels that people come up with between what's described in the film. Um, not only, uh, I mean, not the occupation, but also how uh, military legal people or how legal how, how legal professionals are also professionals in other systems, how, what kind of process they go through in rationalizing what they have to do because they're functioning in a system which is, you know, which has a political agenda or, or which is pushed by a political agenda. They are doing their professional work. They're professionals. They have their ethics. They have their, per, their personal preferences, but they're functioning in a system. And... Then they 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 have to you know they have to find solutions and also rationalize from this 
for themselves what they're doing. And this stuff has a lot of parallels in, of course, in post-9-11 stuff that people come up with in screenings, but also in other realms of of um, the American, you know, the, the, everything that goes on in the U.S. So, for, I mean, once, uh, just to give you a sense of what I'm talking about, a, a film that I don't know if, if you've talked with the filmmaker or not, but when you think of uh, The House I Live In yes. by Eugene Jaraki. Yes, I have, it's yes. A film, it's a film that, you know, it studies the war on drugs, but it's actually, it actually shows how a system that is supposed to, or is saying that it does, is doing one thing is actually doing something completely different. Right. Um, with the work of all these faithful civil servants, be it judges or people in the penal system. So um, there are, I mean, quite a few parallels that have been coming up uh, when this film meets the U.S. audience, um, and this is very fascinating and strong. Yeah, and and also, Um, it's also hard to shy away from the comparisons to an apartheid regime in South Africa, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, definitely, there's definitely a... uh, um, a connection there, and uh, definitely something that has to be studied. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, no, that was it. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, we had, I mean, the United States has a history of parallel legal systems going back to the Jim Crow laws uh, after the Civil War and, and, uh, and Reconstruction era, all the way through into the 60s when we still had those laws on the segregation laws. There were two systems of justice in this country. And it's a different, obviously, history and, and, and cultures and makes everything different. But at the same time, there's a th- parallel thread that, it, that there are, there's a system of justice for one set of people and there's a system of justice for another set of people. And that's, right. that's very important to know and understand. And, but, it's, but after having, I mean, having this context, uh, or having talked about this context, I think that it, I mean, I mean, the primary aim with, 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 you know, the U.S. audience is really to clarify there's something here that needs to be clarified. There's something here that, I mean, there are some political arguments that my, com- that my country is making that I think that should be struck down, a lot of the legal arguments. Yeah. And this film definitely addresses th- these questions. Well, so much of the film, again, I mean, you gathered the, together these, these men who, who had been there at the beginning and, and throughout the implementation of it. And to watch them answer your very pointed questions about uh, the effects, uh, the, you know, why not apply. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the film is I want to say you're talking to Dovi, Dovi, um, and I forgot his last name. Yeah, when you ask him, when you ask him, well, why didn't we just apply Israeli law to this area? And his response to quickly uh, uh, paraphrase, well, one would be that the implication would we be that we would be there for, for uh, forever if we were to do that. But the second was, was very fascinating, and that is we'd also have to grant citizenship to the people that were in that territory, which I find to be... I mean, there are just so many things about the, this documentary that open up so many different doors and, and of understanding into what's going on there. <laughs> right, this is exactly, I mean, it's, uh, well, you know, the, you, you, you asked about the, the men who agreed yeah. to give an interview to the film, so I'll, I'll address yeah, yeah. Um, what you brought up now through that. I mean, first of all, I, I think I have to say up front that, um, I mean, in, there have been a few more that have been interviewed, but from the nine men in um, in the final cut, at least, yeah. four are very angry. 
at us. They're, they're not happy with the film. And it has to be said because, I mean, the the, the idea I brought in, in their words, but the, the, but some of them are not happy with the film. They're not happy with the perspective. They're not happy with the fact that their words are juxtaposed with other interviewees' words. And that's, that, that is the fact. Now, um, as you mentioned, it's not the first film I made about the subject. So, uh, yeah. and, and, and my point of view was known, but I, I'd approached them with, um, making a film about the history of the legal and justice system, interviewing many people, um, about their different duties. I, I had not, um, brought out an agenda. Also, if, if you look at the film, if you see the interviews, the interviews are not very, um, um, there, there's not a lot of conflict there. Right. Um, uh, and that's also why, um, uh, for instance, if you talk about Dove, Dove gave a, a, a very, very honest interview. Yeah. He said things as they are. Yeah. And this is the thing, that, that when people say things as they are, um, you know, and, 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 and when reality is twisted or is, is referred to in legal terms, when actually there is just basically a very strong political motivation there, um, you, you, when, when you hear things as they are, they just, it just doesn't fit together. Right. Um, or it sounds terrible. Or, 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 or it refers to things like you, you say, like to apartheid. Um, not all the interviewees were as candid as him. Um, yeah. um, he was also the only one and that, that had also, you, you know, when you make a documentary, you want to try to portray you have many hours of, of tape with a person, and you try to portray him in a way that you feel that you have actually portrayed him. Now, Dov had many sides to him. He had more um, critic critique about the system than I could that I could fit into where what he the part that he had in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a piece on the New York Times op doc section that I made specifically about the High Court, where Dov has more pieces where you see an, another side of him, perhaps. Um, but he gave a very candid interview, and he's really one of the architects of this system. Right. Well, well and I, 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 we, you know, we don't. I don't want to get too far into the specifics of these particular people, and we're because we are running out of time. Mainly, I, I would. This is such a uh, layered, complex uh, uh, do, uh, documentary. It, it really. I saw it. I've watched it a couple of times, and. I think for anyone who wants to really truly begin to understand on a, on in a pers- from a point of view that we rarely get an opportunity to hear this film you really need to see this film um and it it it, unders- it underscores just the difficulty the crazy difficulty in trying to maintain an occupation for now n- coming up on a half a century and 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 it, it if it, this is just not a sustainable. I mean, in, just I don't want to get too editorial here about it, but it's just a uh, it's a terrific insight into what's actually going on uh, in a part of the world that seems to be intractable in solu- in in coming to solutions about what's going on. It you need to see this film um, uh, to understand uh, get a, a much better understanding. I'd I just like to, to, to refer to what you said now. I mean, one, the, the, you know, the conflict that makes the film, yeah. and the reason why I set out to make it, is, some, is, is an internal um, conflict or an internal seizure that we have in ourselves as a society. I mean, 
you know, an occupation of such a small territory um, is sustainable. If all you want to do is occupy yeah. and et- ethnically cleanse and you don't care about anything yeah. except for that, it's very sustainable. It's not a difficult occupation, especially not in the situation that it was in 1967. Yeah. But the thing is that Israel has this whole other motivation because we do see ourselves as a democratic society and we have yeah. um, these principles of rules of law. Are, are, we, we, we consider them part of our, you know, our DNA as society. And so how do you fit that together? And, the, the, and um, trying to sustain an occupation, on the other hand, and to continue convincing yourself or partially you know, acting um, uh, with the rule of law ideas, you know, you, this, what, this is what the, the, the system that I'm, I'm uh, describing in the film is doing. It's trying to just you know, make these two ends meet impossible it's an impossible task and it's just making more and more justifications and more and more laws and more and more explanations yeah it, um so i you know in a, in a in a different system i mean i don't know if you look at the syrian model as we see it today it's just an issue of force yeah. you know apply more force get a result or not get a result but here there's we have something else i mean um and uh, yeah that's why it is it, again i, I why we have only trust me listeners we have only just begun to scratch the surface of what is um uh, a very very informative documentary um uh, film and i i urge you all to go at least try to get to the Lemley NoHo 7 theater it's in uh, north hollywood the the film is opening today at Lemley NoHo 7 in uh, North Hollywood, and eventually, I'm sure it'll be available on video on demand and and other um, streams. I assume iTunes, uh, but see it. The law in these parts. Uh, I I I really look forward uh, to uh, future work from you. Um, and this is really a a remarkable film, and it 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 needs to be seen. And thank you so much for being here today on on Film School, Rahanan. Thank you for being so warm to the film. I, I oh, so much appreciate it. It's it's well deserved, and thank you. Uh, we'll we'll see you. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you soon again. Thank you. Take Thanks care. so much. Right. Bye bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.